My name is Casey Sampson. Welcome to Coffee with Casey. Today, we've got a busy show. We're going to talk about the changing business models, the changing business of real estate and how that affects sellers and how it affects buyers. I'm going to show you a chart that's going to just knock you out. You're not going to believe what you're going to see today. We will talk about the market. When is the best time to sell? You know, I have preferences on when I think the best time is to sell. You sell when they yell and you buy when they cry. And that is never more true than today. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how much money is at risk when you list your house. I mean, what really is at risk? Um, are we talking about 10000 20000 30000 How about $300,000? If you're going to put a house on the market for um, $150,000 or $1.5 million, you have a $300,000 swing. And I'm going to show you actual model that shows... This, some people sell for 150 under market value. Some people sell for 150 over market value. We're going to talk about how to do that. So there's a tremendous amount of money at risk. Um, and I'm going to tell you how to get the most out of it. All right. So let's first take a quick shot. And we're going to first talk about the market. Now, the best time to sell and buy is absolutely in January, February, March, April, May. Okay. Do you see in here? These are withdrawals. So all the homes that are put on market, this is how many homes withdraw, withdrew. There's only four homes withdrew in all of Vienna in the first four months, right? So if that's true, then everybody's buying and nobody's withdrawing and it's, it's hot. There's more buyers than sellers. As the summer goes on and you get into the summer, there's more sellers than buyers. When you get to this point, the buyers are gone. They're at the beach or they're starting school or they're... Their attention is not in buying homes. Their attention is getting the kids up, getting all the sports going, you know, whatever's involved. So, so there are more homes that withdraw in October, September, times like that, right? So the best time is really to sell in that early, early part of the year. You can see we're starting all over again in January and February of this year, only four and five respectively. Um, this is because people are overpricing their house and they still need to learn a little bit. But basically, that's what Vienna looks like. This is what Fairfax County looks like, where in January, February, March, and April, those in May, those are the homes, you know, let's average maybe 20, okay? So they're averaging 20. Up here, they're averaging 60, 60, 70, 96, right? So this is basically reflective of, we had interest rates increase, and I'll grant it that we got hit in the face with a two by four um, by, the, by the Fed. And that may have froze a lot of buyers and sellers, but this is pretty, uh, if I went back years back, this is, this is basically what it looks like. It's low withdrawals in the spring in the, our real estate spring is in February, March, right? And as it gets into the summer months, that's what happens. And here we go back into January and February, they're heading back down. So when's the best time to sell? February, March, April, May, right? When is the worst time to sell? Well, late summer uh, or early fall. So um, again, a lot of this is because people don't know how to price houses. And we're going to talk about that. You know, we're going to talk about that in a minute as well. But, and, and, you know, it does have something to do with, you know, the fewer houses on the market, the better it is for the sellers. And we showed this last week that Fairfax County, these are the average listings we had for the first, what, uh, 45 days 
And you'll see in 2018, it was 915 homes were put on the market. Now it's 556, right? This was 362. Now it's 210. So you can see back here was 500 and now it's 300. So there is a lack of inventory right now. When there is a lack of inventory, that's when sellers that are thinking about selling, this is when you want to get in the market. Forget about the flowers of May. Forget about how the pool looks in June. Forget about all that. The best time to sell is as soon as possible. We're preparing houses. We had a $2 million home, get seven contracts. We had a $950,000 home, get 17 contracts. So the time to sell is in the, is in the spring, is right now. So let's talk about the business of real estate. I want to switch to the business of real estate. Now, I want you to drink in this chart. I absolutely almost fell out of my chair when Donnie showed this to me yesterday. So this is the market share by these brokerage houses. Now, everybody from Samson Properties, Long & Foster, Compass, EXP, Pearson Smith, Keller Williams, we all have business models, right? And the deal with the brokers is their, their model is basically built for us agents. How much commission do we make? What do we have to give you? What kind of tools do you have? That's the exact same question with every one of these companies. So look at where Long and Foster was back in 2015. Now, Long and Foster obviously was the institutional giant around here for the longest time. But in Northern Virginia, look at the decline of Long and Foster's market share and look at the incline of the Samson properties. So what the heck kind of model do we have and what do some of these models look like? Now, Long and Foster lost a lot of agents, not just to Samson properties, but Compass went cherry picking. Keller Williams for a long time has been cherry picking Long and Foster agents. So they're coming in with new models. So let's look at the model. What model works? Well, Samson said, I'll tell you what, for you top producers, we won't charge you any commission. So you can pass that savings on to your sellers. The sellers win because they're not paying as much commission. And, um, and, and, you know, we'll get a big market share. We'll make it up on market share. So, so not taking money from the realtors allowed them to not take more money from the sellers, which allowed them to get more uh, listings. And that's where the market share comes in. Now, companies like Samson Properties, Long & Foster, they make money on uh, all of their agents will bring their business to their settlement and title company or to their mortgage company. But to be honest with you, you have to be really good in order to get our clients because whatever Cardinal Title or any other title company, that's a reflection on the agents. So if the Cardinal Title was bad, nobody would use them and that blue would be down in here. So the, the success of Samson Properties is basically the fact that they put a lot of money into getting the best people to work at Cardinal Title and they are money. So everybody uses Cardinal Title, everybody uses First Heritage Mortgage because they want to, not because they have to. So I would say the success of Samson Properties is in large part due to the success of First Heritage and most importantly, Cardinal Title. Now, let's look down here at Long & Foster, more institutional. They're the ones that bring up, hey, if you're paying less than 6%, you're getting a discount broker, you get what you pay for, you know, it is what it is. Long & Foster, their business model is the agent sells, they get a commission, and they take a portion of that commission. That's just the way it used to be. This is what's called old school, right? That's just old school. So we're seeing a, 
a changing of the guards, if you will, over the last couple of years. Now, the next one down is Compass. Compass's business model. Now, let's go back to how this affects the seller. If a loan foster agent walks in and says, hey, you're going to pay 6% as opposed to 4.5%, well, you know, anything less than that, you know, you want good service, you want the best company, and uh, anything less than that is discount, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's just, it's just wrong. I mean, that's old school. That's an old school mentality, and it doesn't work anymore. And this chart is proof that that, that, is, that is just not true anymore. So let's look at Compass. So Compass raised billions of dollars on Wall Street. They went to your local real estate agent. They said, leave Long and Foster and come work for us, and we'll give you $150,000 or $200,000. That was their business model. Now, every settlement you do, you're going to have to give me some of that commission to pay back that loan that we gave you. That's not a, that's not a bonus. That's basically a loan. So you've got to give us a percentage of every deal you do so we get paid back. Because obviously, we're not just giving away money. That money that Pumpus agents tell you, you have to pay 6%, you don't want discount, you know, you get what you pay for, all that garbage. They, they need that money because they have to give that money to Compass, your money. So Samson Properties, Long & Foster, Compass, EXP, Prince, uh, Keller Williams, none of those companies, none of them are going to help you sell your house. None of them. They're there to have relationships with agents trying to get agents to come work for them. They've all got education. They've all got some tools. But to be honest with you, agents sell homes, not, uh, uh, not companies. So, so, you know, these models, the Keller Williams model, come to us, bring in other agents. You'll get a piece of what other agents make, and then they'll bring in other agents. And this sounds like Amway, right? And then they'll bring in other agents. You get a piece of all their stuff. So it's an Amway model. It's a building a retirement account for agents. Now that money, they have to charge five or half or 6% or whatever they charge. And they'll say the same thing. Well, you got to pay that money or it's discount and you get what you pay for. That's again, they need the money to give to their broker. So the broker can pay everybody, right? Your money is going to people. You have no idea who they are and are not going to help you at all sell your house. So that's why the models are stalling, right? So one is achieving where the, the sellers are keeping most of their money and the models where you get what you pay for and all of that stuff, they're, they're, they're leveling off. You don't see any major growth. And the only growth there is with Compass was because Compass had was paying agents to leave Long and Foster, leave Keller Williams and come work for them. Big ones, big names, granted, they're all big names. And they're saying, hey, we'll give you tools to price houses. That's garbage. I've seen those. I've picked them apart. That's a gimmick. That's not, that's not a fact. That's a gimmick. I mean, I've seen the reports, where they get their things, what they calculate in. It's garbage. It's just like Zillow. It's just like Redfin. It's just like um, HomeSnap. I mean, when you, every house I list, I look at what everybody says it's worth and they're all over the place. They can't get within $300,000. So the business of real estate is changing. The agents that get to keep their money are growing because they can offer better service. I mean, we offer to our clients a thing called geofencing and, you know, the Google ads and all that stuff. Why? Because we can afford it because I'm not paying uh, Samson Properties a bunch of money. Take that money, give some to the seller, 
but invested in all of these tools. Um, you know, we did $160 million last year. 92% of our gold star listing uh, uh, sold in the first six days, average of first six days. So, so it works, right? They invest their money. But this is a stark changing of the guard, right? And again, even if you're at Samson Properties, that doesn't mean Samson Properties is that great. Every agent is that great. The agent has their own pricing strategy, marketing plan, uh, contract negotiating skills, and all of that stuff. But as far as the business goes, the agents work for the broker. And that's what the brokers are doing right now. Okay. Now let's talk about the relationship between the agents and the broker and the teams. What's a team, right? A team is nothing more than an experienced agent with other agents where they work together, right? They work together. So let's say you're going you're gonna to have a listing, uh, you're going to call for a listing team to come in and talk to you about selling your house. Okay. So if one person walks in the door, you got the wrong people. I'm just telling you, if you have one agent walks in your door, you got the wrong group. Because if the agent is really good, then they're going to have a clientele and the clientele is going to refer people to them. And just because they're good, they're going to have a lot of business because they're good. They have a good pricing strategy. They have a good marketing plan. They sell houses. They know what to do in contract negotiation. They're very good. If they're good, they have a lot of deals. I personally could handle maybe two a month. Maybe. And I fry my brain on the third one. So if, the, if one person walks in, he either doesn't get a lot of business or he's too busy to handle what he's got. I mean, unless you've got somebody to handle it. So the way our team works is I come in, I set the business plan. All of the systems that are being run are overseen by me. All the pricing, all the marketing, all the you know preparation of the house, da, 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 da. but there's a hundred things that have to be done on every listing. And you better have a big time agent helping you with that. So when I walk in, I walk in by myself and I have Kelly, Morgan, Colby, Pat, Billy, Pam. I have a rock star sitting next to me, a rock star. Because they're really the ones that are going to make all of these systems work for that seller. They've all been with me five, 10 years. So they all know what we're doing. They run the systems. So when you see one person walk in the door, Either they don't have enough business to keep them busy or they're going to be too busy to handle. I mean, if they have a lot of business, there's no way they can handle more than two a month. So, so I think that the, I like the team concept. I like the team concept. So I adopted that and we went with this team concept. And in fact, we're taking our tools and we're working with agents like Ferris Eways over in, in uh, Aldi and, and Johnny, uh, G. Grzeka over in uh, Jehoka over in um, Haymarket. Why? Because they're rock stars. They're just using our systems and our marketing and our pricing and all that. We're the backbone of these agents. And there will be an agent in all these markets that will be, but they're going to be the one guy. And then they've got operations people running their stuff too, right? So we're just the back office. They're going to use our pricing model because I got news for you. There's nothing close to it. And I'm going to go over one here in a minute, okay? So, so when you're looking at the companies, this is pretty obvious. Some systems are working. When you look at an agent, you should be looking at a team and not just a team, but a smaller team where you have 
you meet with the principal, right? Let's say you meet with, let's say there's a Kerry Schull team. You're not going to meet with Kerry Schull. Kerry Schull's out recruiting agents and, and, and trying to get Zillow leads for their client, for their, all their agents, their training agents, and all that crap. I don't want any new agents. I got, I've got experienced agents. Everybody's an experienced agent, right? So, so you won't meet, if it's a big team, you don't meet with the principal. You're going to basically work with one person and really, can they get all this work done? You know, I don't think so. Um, I, I want, I want my fingerprints on every single one of them. That's why I can't get too big. Right. I got, I have to be at the listing appointments. I have to see and touch and feel the house. Pricing is critical because there is a lot of money at stake, right? A ton of money at stake. So I'm going to go over that here in a second. All right. So, so when we go to the business model, so let's say the home sales price is $1.3 million and the commission at 3% to the listing agent. Now you're going to pay 2.5% to the selling agent. So that's why it's a 5.5% total or 6% total. Then they're going to keep 3.5. But let's just say for most of them, it's 5.5. That's a $39,000 commission. 13 goes to the company. 26 goes to the agent. And they get a minimal amount of listings because they are trying to charge a lot of money to try to charge this, right? Well, if it's four and a half, right? And we're not cutting anything with Samsung properties, then we can do six, seven times the business. I'll show you that in a minute too. So you can do, you don't share with a company. So you actually make the exact same amount of money as the other agent because we're not splitting with the company. But the business is six, seven times. So look at that income as opposed to that income. Yeah, any idea how much, how many Google ads and how many, how many uh, uh, geofencing and how many brochures and and social media stuff you can do with two hundred fourteen thousand dollars instead of twenty six? That's what Vienna looks like. This is the Vienna Oakton production through the third quarter of last year. We're at 75.5 million. And these guys are averaging about 10, under 10 million. That's four and a half. That's people that have to charge five and a half because they're paying off Compass's loan, Pearson Smith's cut, Century 21 cut. All of these people have a cut in Long and Foster cut, Compass. Let's go back for a second. You know, one of the models that came in was Redfin. Right. All right. We got Redfin. We're only going to charge X amount of dollars. We're going to lowball everything. So how's that working out for them? So Redfin is that color right there, that little red color. All right. So that's where they are. Well, that's where they were 15 years ago. So if it really worked, their market share would be would be buzzing. Right. It would really start to zoom. They might be like up here, but they're not. They're down here. Right. You got Coldwell Banker down here. You have Weikert on the very bottom. So Weikert on the very same model as, as Long and Foster. Look up here in 2015. It was Long and Foster. Who is that? Keller Williams, Keller Williams, and Weikert. Now watch all three of their things fall. There's Keller all the way down here. They've fallen. Weikert has fallen. And Long and Foster has fallen. These guys have grown. Compass has grown because they bought their way into the market. So, so anyways, that's the way it works. That's the proof it works. Now let's get into something that's very serious, right? How much of your, how much money is at risk 
when you're selling your home, right? How much, how much could you lose or make when you sell a house? So let's take a look at this. This is a house that's going on. It's going on the market today, right? It is at 9976 Hidden Oaks Court. It is a big, beautiful house in Vienna. It's, you know, built 1993. It's got 4,600. The sellers have put three or $400,000 into this house. They put a lot of money into this house, right? It's a great looking house. So up here, we use these comps. These are the solds. This is coming soon. That's new house coming on. This is a home that's under contract right now. AC means it's active under contract, which means that probably the buyer that's buying that house still has to sell their house. So the homes can still be shown. They'll still listen to contracts. So I'm saying, you know, I'm not, I don't like the AC. I don't like that. That's why it's in red, not, not green. You'll see he, these are under contract and these are expired or withdrawn. You'll see the days on market for each one of them. Their age size. This, this, we do this for about 20, 25 markets right now. So, so basically, I did this just for these clients. So look at our age compared to the average size of the comps. Lots not as big. This is our assessment right here. It's 1.317. The assessment of all the comps is 1.304. So we're really close. I mean, we're really, really close. So each one sold for an average of 1.6 million. That's what the big boys sold for. That's what the dated homes sold for. So that means we're worth about 1.621 million if we're customary, if we're customary. Now, what do we do? The market under $1.6 million is three times bigger than the people looking for homes over $1.6 million. So what do we do? We tuck it under 1.6. We tuck it under $1.6 million because there is $194,000 between dated and updated. There's a lot of money at stake. There's $200,000 at stake. So what we're gonna do, all we always do, we're gonna bring it out at 1.6. We are gonna let that sucker roll. And we're gonna, first of all, we're gonna test to make sure we got plenty of people looking at it. People aren't looking at it. I'll roll it back to 1.55. But the way the market is right now, trust me, there's going to be people looking at it. But I want to know how many people love it, see it, you know, schedule appointments, what the buzz is, how many people are trying to get in before it gets sold. And then right before we launch, I'm going to go to the sellers and I'm going to say 1.6 is a go. Let's go for it. We'll launch at 1.6. We'll have no less than probably seven or eight contracts. And that house should sell somewhere between 1.7 and 1.75 million, capturing as much of this money as humanly possible. So right here, look at these houses. I say the house worth 1.764, they got 1.8. I say it's worth 1.7, they got 1.5. They went, they, they got 154,000 less than it's worth. Now these customary numbers right here are not off by more than five tenths of 1%. So these are accurate. And again, I showed you the other day, think of it like a teeter-totter. Customary value is dead in the middle. If you do something wrong, the price is gonna go down. If you do something right, like price it right, prepare it right, stage it, market it, do a predictive analysis, then it's gonna go up. So the housing price is here anywhere from 
60,000 over customary value to 150,000 under customary value. These two sellers got a difference of $210,000. What was at stake? What was at stake for the Johns Hollow sellers as opposed to the Moore Avenue sellers? $210,000. So, so what we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we look at this and first determine, is this a seller's market or a buyer's market, right? So the green is good, red is bad. So, you know, even the red here is under contract, but it's, you know, it's not the kind of contract I would want. These are pending. So everything's, everything's sold. There's no actives, right? These are closed. We got one coming soon. I'm saying that is underpriced. I'm saying that Chilcott Manor is going to be a good deal if it's in customary condition. If it's in dated condition, they price it where it should be. But I'm just saying that according to customary number where it should be, they're $100,000 under, okay? So this is what's called a seller's market. More people are under contract than are active. In fact, there's no houses active. So this is an extremely strong seller's market. Now, we could have gone out with this house and said, eh, we got updates. Let's put it at 165. It's still going to go to the same number. It's still going to go to, you know, 17, 175, somewhere up in there. But 16, we chose that we're right in the middle. We chose that we wanted to get the bigger market. We wanted to triple our market size by staying under $1.6 million. Now we just had a $2 million house sell 80,000 over list price. We just had a $950,000 house sell $145,000 over list price. Strategy works. We did $160 million last year. Strategy works. Put it under the major threshold. Get as many people as you possibly can. Get them to come in. Get them to bid on that house. And I guarantee the one thing I don't want is I don't want a home inspection. Right? I don't want this house to go through a home inspection. So by putting it under $1.6 million, you have so many bids that are coming in that trust me, we will not see a home inspection on this house. Now, when we're in a buyer's market, buyers want home inspections, right? That's fine. So what we try and do is we did that six point home inspection to get out in front of that. When I think there's serious home inspections coming in, don't like that. So we do that six point. Is it as critical now? Not really in a seller's market. Not everybody's in a seller's market. This home is a seller's market. This, these people, these sellers, that's a seller's market. Do we need it? I don't know. But if there's five homes that are active and one under contract, you bet your tail. We're going to get a home inspection. We need to get it up front. We need to know what's going on. We need to get out in front of the home inspection, be more thoughtful on our pricing, still get that, that buzz going, still get it sold, and, uh, and have that home inspection in our hip pocket um, so we aren't hit with that surprise home inspection. Okay, so today we basically talked, today we basically talked about a couple things. The changing business of real estate, how brokers work with agents. Samson Properties went from the middle of the pack to the dominant agent here. Long and Foster went from the dominant agent to middle of the pack. My chart was shocking. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked. 
I saw it yesterday. I mean, I'm still shocked, right? But that's just the way it is. That's the market share of the markets going today. We knew we were onto the right path. We knew Cardinal Title was doing great things. We knew everybody was using them. We knew that that was attracting new agents to Samson Properties. Being able to offer lower commissions to sellers was working. They can see that. Knowing that Samson wasn't getting into their pockets, that worked. It would not have worked without a good solid Cardinal Title or First Heritage Mortgage. So we looked at that. We looked at you know how teams work, that if one person walks into your house, that's a problem. Either they don't have enough business, which means they're not that great, not getting that many referrals, or they've got a lot of business and you'll never be able to talk to them. Try and get a hold of some of these top agents where you just see their picture and they're not a team, they're just individual. Try and call them. See if you can get them on the phone. So, I mean, I walk into withdrawing listings all the time. They came off from, from some of these agents that we, we, we tried to call Pat for two days and still have not been able to get in touch with them. So I don't know what you're talking about. Pick up the phone, try to call one of my agents, and, and it, it, that phone won't stop. It, it won't hit the second ring. I guarantee it won't hit the second ring before that person answers that phone. And each person that, that I walk in with is a gosh darn rock star. You can bank on it. So if you need any help in real estate, now you know who the number one team, uh, number one group is. We're the number one team at Samson in the state of Virginia. Not in all of Samson, but in the state of Virginia, we're their number one team. Did $160 million last year. There's $200,000 at stake when people are selling their house. So let's make sure we get every last dollar of it. My name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. You can see me here every Thursday at 1030, Facebook Live. Or you can give me a call at 703-508-2535. I hope that helped. See you guys next week. Bye now.